Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. I would just point this out, that in Christ, we can have victory over things that other people are being defeated by, right? God makes the difference in our life, right? The same group here that had defeated others and set other people's stuff on fire and taken captivity other groups and taken possession of other people's things, this same group, when they came against Israel, they were defeated. And so some of the things that God wants to give us victory over, there'll be people in the world that are defeated by this, but God's going to make the difference in our lives. What a powerful idea that is. Things that defeat people who don't know Jesus won't take you down. When you place your trust in Jesus and place your problem in his hands, you have the greatest chance at victory you could ever have. Now, that victory may not look like you want it to, but it will look exactly like what God knows is best for you. Pastor Bill will encourage you in his message today to remember who you placed your hope in when circumstances threaten to tear you down. Now, Here's Pastor Bill in the book of Numbers chapter 21 as he continues his message, Taking New Ground. My mom grew up being abused and she was physically abused. My mom had been sexually abused. And so that lit a fire in my mom. Like she, my mom was like, this never going to happen to you. Like she was going to not let that happen to us. So I grew up in the neighborhood. I got all the fellas and all this different stuff like that. My mom's thing was she would make me, you know, and it, it seems weird because my mom was a really sweet lady and she was all kind. But if my mom felt like that there was some guy that was bullying or taking advantage, my mom would say, no, you're going to go back. I remember my mom being at my school and sitting in the car and I had a guy that we had ongoing fights with. And in one year at school, his cousin came to the school. So now there was two of them. So every day after school, instead of having him, I have him and him. So one day I'm out there and you know, it's two of them. My mom pulls up and I'm like, whoo, saved by mom. I'm going to the car. And my mom said, did he just push you? And she's like, no, you go back out. You're not, that's not, we don't have that. She's like, you get out, you're going to go fight him right now. I'm watching. And my mom gets out the car and stands there. And so she's like, no, it's only going to be one person, but you're going to fight. And he puts you, you go hit him. And as I look back on it, my mom was saying like, it's not going to be your routine. You're not going to be getting beat up and coming home because you got to catch the bus home and yo so forth and so on and she would just insist that you're going to fight it out it's going to get fixed that way now however ethical that was or wasn't it was good for me at that time just because of where we were living how we were coming up but i look at this and i think you know god is saying in a, in a spiritual sense right man don't get used to getting bullied now i will say this in my era of kids the kids that did get bullied it was a sad existence because you had a lot of bullies you had a lot of kids everybody fought so if you were a kid that was disposed to that and you didn't have fight in you, it was a terrible time to be a kid. That was not, they didn't get to enjoy. You couldn't just go anywhere. You couldn't have the freedom to be on the bus. You couldn't go down that street or that street or the other thing. It took away your freedom. And I think that the same thing happens to believers that are walking in defeat. You don't feel free. I feel like God's calling me to do this, but I shouldn't do that because I know, I'm, I know, I know back here I got this junk going on. I feel like God wants me to do this other thing. You may feel called to do all these things. And it's like, mm, but you always are held back because you know that you got some junk over here that needs to be dealt with. God wants you to pick a fight, go in and make war with whatever those things are that you can begin to have victory in him. And he wants us to have victory in every area of our life. God wants you and me to be free. He wants us to be absolutely free 
free in him, free to love him, free to love people, free to minister to people, free from the bondage and power of sin that we might enjoy everything God has given for us in this life and on into the next. Amen. And so moving on now, look at verse 27. Now, this is after they took the battle. And so it says, therefore, in verse 27, therefore, those who speak in Proverbs say, and it's more of a parable, it says, come to Heshbon, let it be built, let the city of Sihon be repaired. For fire went out from Heshbon, a flame from the city of Sihon. It consumed Ar of Moab, the lords of the heights of the Arnon. Woe to you, Moab. You have perished, O people of Sheshmoth. He has given his sons as fugitives and his daughters into captivity to Sihon, king of the Amorites. But we have shot at them. Heshbon has perished as far as Debon. Therefore, we laid waste as far as Nepoth, uh, which reaches to Mediba. Now, all that is saying this. We're being shown that the area that they just defeated Moab was previously they were very powerful. They didn't beat a weak foe. Uh, he's basically saying, look at Moab, beat this group. They beat these other people over here. They had victory over there. They had taken captivity here. They set these people on fire. It's like God is saying, look, we're bringing attention to the fact that the one that you just defeated was great. I mean, they were defeating everybody else. But because God was in you, you have victory here. And I would just point this out, that in Christ, we can have victory over things that other people are being defeated by. Right. God makes the difference in our life, right? The same group here that had defeated others and set other people's stuff on fire and taken captivity other groups and taken possession of other people's things, this same group, when they came against Israel, they were defeated. And so some of the things that God wants to give us victory over, there'll be people in the world that are defeated by this, but God's going to make the difference in our lives that we can have his victory over the same thing that other people are being defeated by. And that's that's what he's pointing out there. Verse 31, it says, Thus Israel dwelt in the land of the Amorites. Then Moses sent to spy out Jazer, and they took its villages, and they drove out the Amorites who were there, and they turned and went up by way of Bashan. So Og, king of Bashan, went out against them, he and all his people, to battle an injury. So now we have another issue. As, as they come to another area, it says Moses sent, she sent the spy out this area, Jazer, and they took its villages and they drove out the Amorites who were there. And then in verse 33, this is a new war, a new battle. They turned and went up to Bashan. So Og, the king of Bashan, he went out against them, he and all the people of Indri. So another group comes out against them to battle. Um, same situation. Another group says, hey, they're coming over here. This is what happens when you start having victory. Right. When you start having victory, the enemy will say, whoa, whoa, I can't let that get rolling too good. And he's going to show up. He showed up once. Now he's showing up again saying, see if we can stop the row. See if we can stop the flow. Anybody here that can look back to when you first got saved and you were beginning to have victory. I know we can all remember the times and the ways that the enemy tried to sidetrack us and derail us as we were on that, that victorious road. And maybe you remember, maybe you can look back and say, I know I can. I can look back and say, man, I was at this point, I was doing really good in this area. And then, boom, I got derailed right here. And over here, I was doing really well. And the enemy threw this flag up over here. And, and after a while, you realize that, man, the enemy is always trying to take my victory. But he can't take your victory. You have to forfeit it. Um, he can't take anything from us. Any victory the enemy has in our life is a forfeited victory. I've given over to the enemy. And so here, Og of Bashan, he goes out against them and 
They're going to have the same thing. Verse 34 says, then the Lord said to Moses, do not fear him, for I have delivered him into your hands with all his people and his land. And you shall do to him as you did to Sihon, king of the Amorites, who dwelt in Heshbon. So now as all comes out against him, God tells Moses. And I don't believe God ever wastes this phrase. Whenever God says, don't fear, it's because there was fear. God never says, don't fear to somebody brave. Um, you look through scripture. Whenever God had to tell somebody, hey, don't be afraid, it was because they were afraid. And he had to tell them not to be. And so here, for whatever reason, they just had a victory. But now this other person comes out and there must have been fear. And so the Lord told Moses, hey, do not fear him. And he tells him why. For I have delivered him into your hand with all the people and his land. And God promised him, you shall do as you did to the other one. You're going to beat him just like you beat the person you just came from in Sihon. God gives a promise with it. And I see this in scripture. I see where God, when he sends people into battle, he sends them in with a guarantee. I think of the times where as you, as we, well, later on, we'll finally get to the life of David. And over and over again in David's life, you'll see this phrase. And David inquired of the Lord. And David inquired of the Lord. Every time you would think David was such a mighty man of battle that he would get cocky at some point and just say, I'm just going to go get this. You know, I'm, I'm winning everywhere I go. But he would stop every time, say, Lord, he would inquire the Lord. Lord, do we go up or not? Lord, are you giving them into our hands or not? Lord, do we go up or do we not go? And one time he had just had a victory and it would have seemed like the natural thing to do would be to go get this next victory. But David stopped and says, Lord, do we just go in? And God said, don't go in. I want you to go behind the mulberry tree. And God had a whole separate plan of attack for them to take. Had he not inquired of the Lord, they might have went in there and got whomped on. But he inquired, he took the time to pray and God led him to victory. Every time he sought God, God would lead him in the way of victory. And so here God's leading them and the enemy stops him and comes against him. And God says, don't you be afraid. You're going to go and you're going to have the victory. Right. What does God tell us in the New Testament? We, we, we had this at our, our men's advance, right, that we are more than conquerors through him. who love. We have the victory. Right. Some of us know this. You know, we know it in theory. That we're not fighting for victory, we're fighting what? From victory. We know this. Um, I think most of us know this. We're, we're, we're supposed to be fighting from the place of victory that I already got in Jesus. But we fight like, like it's like, I don't know if I'm going to win yet. I'm not sure. And some of us don't fight at all. But God says, I, I've already given you the victory. If you would just go get it. What's that like? It's just like when God told them, go into that promised land and get that stuff. And I'm giving it to you. I am giving it. It's yours. Go get it. And they're like, no, the giants are too big. We can't. And they didn't go get it. I mean, they had the promise of God attached. Go get it. But they wouldn't go get it. We don't want that to be our testimony in the spiritual life where God is saying, man, I've, I've given you freedom from sin. I've given you victory over your enemies. I've given you everything you need to have success and victory in me. I've made you more than a conqueror through me who loves you. Everything you need for success in your relationship, I've provided it for you at the cross. Go get it. We don't want to be sitting there not enjoying victory when God says, I gave it to you. I've given it to you. Where is it that you need a victory? And if I, if I would scream it, you know, if it would make it help, but go get your victory. Go get it. Right? Don't be content to be defeated in any area of your life when God has said, I give you victory, son. I give you victory, daughter. I give you what you need. I mean, he's our heavenly father. I mean, we cannot be better connected than we are as children of the most high God. How much better connected could we be that the God of heaven and earth is your dad and he loves you 
and he has power over everything. He can do anything. When you cry out, he's listening. He has an ear for you. He thinks about you. I mean, just that's our privileged relationship to have with the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And God says, so please let me just go get a victory, man. Go win. I'm going to help. I will smash your enemies on the way. You got to go and fight, but I'll beat them. I'll, t- I'll take care of them. I'm going to go before you and I'll, I'll do the fighting. It won't even be the fight won't even be in your own energy or power. It'll be me, but you have to go. That was the same thing back here. When you looked at the spiritual wars, they had to go. They had to engage, but God would give the victory. God would do the fighting, right? They, had to, they were there in a physical sense. They were engaged, but it was God's power at work. You have to engage in the war, but it will be God's power. That's how come we don't take credit. That's how come we don't become prideful in victory because we know that in us, we can't, but it's through him. We know that it's his power upon our lives. And so every victory we have, we give him the credit. We give him the glory for it. But you must engage. You got to engage in a battle in order to enjoy the victory. And you can write this down in your notes. I won't go there, but there's a story in Second Chronicles chapter 15 when King Asa took over and he took over. And, and when he first got going, I mean, it was it was awesome. He was putting out. Um, all the false gods. He was kicking out those that had been disrespectful and dishonored the Lord. Um, and he was just going for it. And as he was having victory, as he was cleaning house, as he was bringing Israel back into order with God, it says that the Ethiopians came out against him and they almost had him twice outnumbered. It says that he had 580,000 foot soldiers, but the Ethiopians came against him with a million man army and they had 300 chariots. That would have been like tanks, you know, in our day, uh, 300 chariots. When you got twice as many guys and 300 chariots, that's not a war you're going to win. And Asa prayed an awesome prayer. He said, God, it is nothing for you, rather with few or with many. And he said, they come out against you. We represent you. They're coming out against you. He said, it is in your name that we're going to go out. And you know what happened? As they went out to fight, it says God slew the Ethiopians before. Them. They went out. I mean, they took the war. They went forward. In the physical sense, but the Bible says that God defeated those enemies for them. And as you go to battle, as you step out, as you take the physical steps, your God will be going before you in the battle as well, that you might enjoy his victory. Again, it's, it's his desire that we walk in freedom and liberty and in victory in our relationship with him. And so the last section here, it says, so uh, the last part of verse 34, so the Lord had told Moses to not to fear that he was going to deliver them. He was going to give the victory to them uh, just as he had done to Sihon, king of the Amorites, uh, who dwelt in Heshbon. And then verse 35, so they defeated him, his sons and all his people until there was no survivor left him and they took possession of his land. And just like God said, they went ahead and they had a total victory. They defeated him, his sons, all the people, and they took all the land. Now, this land that they took was, this is extra. This isn't even promised land yet. They're on the border of the promised land. This wasn't even land that they were you know, really going after, if you will. But now it's theirs. And they took all the stuff and all the possessions and all the belongings and it becomes theirs. And I was thinking about that. Every time they would get a victory, God would let them enjoy the spoils of victory. And I was thinking, what's the parallel for that? Right. In the Old Testament, if they went to war with a town or a city or a place and they slew everybody there, well, then all the stuff became theirs. So imagine, I mean, if you could think in those terms, you know, if, if, if the city of Inglewood, you know, we went to war with the city of Hawthorne and we slew everybody in Hawthorne and now everything sitting in Hawthorne was ours. I'm sorry, Frank. Frank, like, why you got to pick Hawthorne? I'm sorry. <laughs> Gardena, you know, uh, but 
you know, if you slew everybody there, and then it's like, well, now we just walk through Hawthorne or Gardena, and we just take everything as ours. We just take it, you know, cars, homes, things, possessions. That was, so there would be a sense of excitement if you, you guys understand that. If you were, if you just won, and now you're going in and you're just getting stuff, all the spoils are yours. There's a sense of, of excitement. Like, as you come back home, like, look at what we got, we got. You know, we, we won the victory. The, the, the wives and the kids who didn't go to the war, like, yay, look at all, you know. That's how it was for them. It was, a, it was an exciting time. So, New Testament, right? We move in. We begin to have victory in our walk. And what are the possessions? What are we taking? And just, man, this is, I hope we can get this. This is, this is so powerful, right? Whatever the wars are, they could be against, you know, whatever area of the flesh, it could be against, you name it. You name your wars, you name your battles, whatever they are. You get God's victory in those things, right? In the same way God was bringing them victory that they might possess land, that God might spread his people, that they might become strong in the land and possess the land of people that knew God as God takes territory in you, right? Jesus didn't die for like 0.5% of my heart. He died for all of me, every part of me. He wants possession of all of it. And as he gets possession of everything, right, there's stuff that God's like, I, I want to possess you that I might do with you what I want. There's a plan, I have a plan for you. New Testament saints, God's got a plan for us. There's things he wants to do. If you did a Bible reading today, that was one of my nuggets from uh, Luke as God told his parents what he was going to be. He said, this John, he's not going to be a regular kid. This kid's going to be dynamite. I got a plan for him. God, is, it was already scripted. He already knew what he was going to do. He knew he would be the forerunner for Jesus. He knew that he had an amazing plan for this kid before it was even happening in the womb. Just at the promise that it was coming, God had a plan. He got a plan for me and a plan for you to expand his kingdom, to do a great work for him. And so just like John, who, was, who wasn't even cooked up yet, he was just being promised and prophesied and foretold what God was going to do. And, you know, his dad was being punished for his unbelief. He was mute and all that stuff. But... God said, I got all this plan for this kid that I'm going to do in his life, right? God's, when, for you and me, right? When we were born again, God said, I had a plan, a plan for me. You know what keeps me from walking in the fullness of God's plan? Sin and spiritual defeat. I could be walking around with all this potential and just be defeated. So I'm not realizing all of what God wants. Just like them being in the land or just walking around getting beat. I mean, just all that God would have done or wanted to do is not happening. And so that's why I'm encouraging us and challenging us that we pick the fights and have the battles and win the wars. Because God says, I want all of you because there's something I want to do through you that I can't do with some of you. There's things that God says, I can't, I, I got to have all of you if I'm going to do all of what I want to do through your life. And many times what you'll find is the sins that were maybe the most difficult to get over and to, to get away from. Satan knew that those were the hangups to keep you from being what you, what you were called to be. These are the things that will keep you from walking in all that God created you to be. But as you get a victory over whatever those things are, and I think of so many guys that I know that are, I mean, God is doing tremendous things to their lives that had horrendous backgrounds, you know, with drug addiction and all kinds of junk and things in their lives. But as they, as they have victory over those things, how God took their lives and just did amazing things and is doing amazing things. And so if I could sow something in all of our spirits, it would be this. Right. And it's in the Bible. So it's not something from me to you. It's from God to you that God's got a purpose and a plan for you. 
And I say this, I feel like I say this verse every other sermon, but Ephesians 2.10, that we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. John 15, 16, you didn't choose me, but I chose you, God says, that you might go forth and you might bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask the father in my name that I may give you. Right. God, said, I got a plan. There's things I want to do with your life. So I encourage you guys that God loves you. Got an amazing plan for your life now. He's got heaven locked up. If you come to Christ, sins are forgiven. They've been washed away in the blood of the lamb. And, and it's to be celebrated and God's to be praised and he's to be thanked for that. But he's left us his Holy Spirit to empower and enable and equip us to know, to be convicted against sin, to be challenged, to move in the right direction. Then God said, I give you my word, sword of the spirit, which is the word I've given you what you need to fight. I've given you the information. You can know it, but you got to do it. That You might begin to have victory in these areas of your life, because then when you're in that place of victory, they're just like they had spoils, stuff to go just get. Right. What's going to happen to your life? Who are going to be the people that you impact? Every one of us. Think about impacting someone's life forever. Think about how amazing that is, the potential in you to impact another person's life, that they would go to heaven. They're going to go to heaven, not hell. And God did it through you. That's God's method. God, I want to do it through you. I want to do something so wonderful in your life that you touch their life and then their life will never be the same because of what I did through you. Now, your victory brings them to victory. And, and on and on and on. But if I stay in defeat, then I don't get to be a part of that plan. Somebody else will be doing that. But don't we want to be a part of that? I do. You know, I spoke today to a guy who witnessed to me before I got saved and his family. And it's, it's crazy. This guy witnessed to me. He, he was one of the sowers. He didn't reap, but he was one of the people that sold the gospel. He, he, I ran into him at LAX airport. He shared with me, you know, we exchanged phone numbers and he kept trying, but I wasn't ready yet. He invited me to his church in Compton and I went and I just wasn't ready yet. But when I got saved, he was one. Of the, I dug his number up and I couldn't wait to tell him that I got it. I got now. I because now the like, lights went on. I'm like, I got it. I'm saved. I'm, I'm born again. I'm going to church. And he came to visit where I was and talked to him then. And then as I grew in the word, I was like, man, his church was kind of whack. And I was like, man, I went back to him and was encouraging him to maybe check out another church. He ended up going to Calvary Chapel, La Mirada, going to Bible college. He went out and planted a Calvary Chapel in Texas. And now his son, his daughter, and I think it's a cousin or a friend. Uh, he calls today and says, man, you are, God has used you to minister. My daughter's just, you know, she's being encouraged, man, turn around. And, and I talked to the son throughout the week. And I'm like, man, remember this. And, you know, his name is Fernando. I said, remember when you met me at the airport? That dude was just trying. He went, I look back now, he tried hard to reach me. I mean, he would call me. At one point, I thought he might have been gay because he would get all the phones. Hey, bro, I love you, man. Anything I could do. He was offering money and, you know, trying to help me out with anything. And I'm like, it was weird. I just didn't understand at that time, you know. And now I do it. I'll be telling people, hey, bro, love you, you know. And I'm like, now I get it, you know. But back then, I just didn't understand that he was loving me with some Jesus love, you know. But I look back at him and I'm like, he's one of the people. He was a sower, right? His victory and he was moving. God used him in my life to just be a piece of bringing me along. God wants to use all of us to do great things. And his desire is that we will walk in victory. So I encourage you. We could take something from the story. Israel goes in. They go to the land. They're used to having failure. God sets up the battle so they could see what it tastes like to win. And he's given them a couple little victories. He set this up. So they can get a little taste of what it is to win. You know what happens when you start winning? You start expecting to win. 
I'm supposed to win. I, that's what happens. You take a team that wins and they start losing, they're upset because, no, we're not supposed to lose. We're supposed to be the winners. And you fight a lot harder when you're fighting, understand, I'm not supposed to be a failure. I'm not supposed to be losing. I'm not supposed to be. I'm supposed to be victorious. May we know that in our walk with the Lord. We are supposed to be victorious. Amen. You've been listening to another edition of A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Thanks for tuning in. The book of Numbers, well, it has a lot of numbers, but there's much more in this book than that. During their long, drawn-out journey, the Israelites' faith in God is tested. In return, these wayward people test God's patience towards them, but God remains faithful and true in looking out for His chosen people. When you think about it, it's no different today. People disobey and test God's patience, while they also endure hardships and challenges that they wouldn't have desired. But in all, God remains faithful through and through. If you missed any part of this series in the book of Numbers, you can hear these messages by going to CalvaryInglewood.org. A Transforming Word is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. If you're ever in the Inglewood area, we'd like to meet you. Our service times are on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you're unable to visit in person, we stream our services online. For more information, such as directions and links to media pages, just visit CalvaryInglewood.org. Again, that website is CalvaryInglewood.org. Thanks for tuning in today to A Transforming Word. Next time... Pastor Bill will continue teaching through the book of Numbers, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. You might be surprised by how things in this book might apply to the very things you're working through in your own life. So be sure to join us again to hear and be challenged by a transforming word.